This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We've been looking at communion, and this whole series started from Thanksgiving, where we were we took communion and talked about giving thanks unto God and all that God has done for us, and and then here comes this this series, but it really communion is one of the most misunderstood um, sacraments or, or something or ordinance really of the church, and we need to have understanding. And just some things that have happened to me, even as pastoring. I remember a, a couple they came and they were upset because we took communion and we had each person had their own little cup and they wanted one cup. And we passed the cup. And they said, that's the way Jesus did it. And that we needed to do it that way. And people would be healed, set free, and all that. I said, that's fine for your family at home. You want to do that? We're not going to do that here. And uh, anyway, they're no longer with us. They're probably at home passing the cup. Forget that. Anyway, uh, another, um, it was a a small group of people said, you've got to teach when you take uh, the bread and you take up the juice that actually becomes the body and the blood of Jesus. So, well, I I don't see that in Scripture. I believe it's symbolic. It's... It's not saying it actually turns into that, but you know what? I have no problem if you want to believe that. You know, that's fine. But what I see in scriptures, it's it's symbolic. And they're no longer with us. (laughs) So they said, well, if you won't teach that from the pulpit, I won't be here. Well, I'm not teaching that from the pulpit. I love you. So anyway, what, what am I saying? There's misunderstandings about communion, but communion is meant to be a blessing. And the way I was taught many times as a kid that came across that you don't take communion unless you're right in there with God. You know what I mean? I mean, everything is going good. Then you can take communion. Now, you've got to be a member of that church in, in good standing, don't you dare take it if there's any sin in your life. Well, when I started walking with the Lord, I'd, I'd hit a, a barrier. I'd get through the barrier with God's help, and I started getting uh, some barriers behind me and, until you think, I've arrived, which is a, a big sign that you haven't arrived. If you think you've arrived, that's just, <laughs> just know it. You haven't arrived. And then God would put the spotlight on something else in my life, and it finally dawned on me, my lightning-fast mind, after several of these, that I'm not going to arrive till I see him, and I'm with him, and that means that every time that I take communion, there's a place of sin in my life. But it says, judgment will come. 
I don't want to partake. You know, it's better if I just don't take communion. <laughs> I don't want judgment from God. But see, when you get understanding, and that's what we've been, and I'm not going to review everything, but an unworthy manner is what he's talking about. An unworthy manner is when you don't discern the Lord's body, when you uh, take it in, in a way that is not looking to the cross, not looking to him. And the judgment, we found out, was not lightning from heaven coming to kill you and send you to hell. It was chastening of the Lord, just like a father chastens a son or a child to bring you in the right direction, to guide you, to correct you, to train you, to teach you. That's what God does. His chastening, we found that in Scripture, is His love. Because He loves us, he chastens us. I mean, like to be chastened. Well, if I could just have God love me. You're calling for chastening. No, no, just. So, it, it dawned on me that there's always some place of sin, whether you may not know about it. Because God is working and processing in your life. So it must not mean, it must be more to this communion than just there's going to be judgment called on me or there's going to be this bad thing happen. And really it's a supernatural blessing to take communion. It's a point of contact to tap into the grace of God. That's what it really is, a place for us to release our faith and what God did to cross through Jesus Christ, that our sins have been forgiven, that God is not judging us in the terms that we many times think of. You know, if we judged our children the way we think God judges us, you'd be arrested for abusing your child. God's a better father than any earthly father. He's a better parent than any earthly parent. He does not abuse his children. He loves them, but he will chasten them. And parents, if you're not chastening and correcting your children, you don't love them. And you're helping everyone else not to love them. So we need to have understanding on communion that's what I want to continue with. Next week, we're going to take communion. This week, we're not. We're going to do our Christmas gift offering, which, by the way, we will do next week also because our, our letter went out late, and that's my fault. I'm, I mailed it. It went out late, and uh, you got a video from me yesterday, and you know as a church, we operate a little bit better than that, and that just just when a mistake was made. So we're going to give extra time, and you always have extra time to give, but we do want to bless our single parents and have benevolence funded for 2015. And then if any's left over, people come first. Any leftover improvements here at the building and maintenance and some things that need to be done. So we'll do that at the end of service, but next week we're on take, take communion. So if communion's to be a blessing, why, why do we take communion? To remind us of who he is and what he has done. 
It's to remind us. We forget. We get so busy in life that we forget who He is and what He has done. And then we need to remember who we are in Him. And we need to remember what we can do through Him. He said we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things have become new. And He is the God Almighty, the Father who loves us, the Son who died for us, gave His life for us, and the Holy Spirit that now resides on the inside of every believer on this planet. So we want to continue and look a little deeper into this. The work of Jesus on the cross dealt with your entire being. And that's many times we don't catch that it's for every aspect of your life. The spiritual and the natural is covered at the cross. It was dealt with at the cross. Say at the cross. Every promise and every blessing was secured at the cross. His blood, the, the juice represents his blood, which would be the spiritual part, but the bread, the body, represents the physical part, your natural life. Everything was covered at the cross where we can live that, that life of a blessing. In fact, Jesus' stripes, this is in your notes, Jesus' stripes on this body represents our physical healing, emotional healing, and prosperity. Because when you look in scriptures, bread also represents finances, provision, supply. Cast your bread upon the water. Cast your money out. It will come back. So we see that every single thing that you need could ever need in this physical life, this natural life, was supplied at the cross. It's ours. But many times we miss the emotional part, and that's why I want to look at a little bit, because it's really brought out in 1 Corinthians 11 when it talks about communion. It's a lot of the emotional, the heart issues are brought out, and it's not really understood in communion exactly that aspect of it. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected by men. Talking about Jesus. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. We did not esteem him. Surely he hath bore our griefs, that word griefs there, sickness, disease, carried our sorrows, our pains, Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Other words, he took our punishment, and we get his reward. He took our unrighteousness and we get his righteousness. He took our sickness and our disease and we get his health. He took our poverty and our lack and we get his prosperity, his supply. He took depression and rejection, being despised. He took being the guilt and the shame that was ours. He took it and we get peace with God. But that peace with God, that chastisement, of our peace, the punishment where we could walk in peace in this earth goes beyond just peace with God. It talks about peace with people. I mean, no, you can have peace with God, but you may have strife with your 
brother, your sister, your neighbor, your co-worker. You can have strife, but you know Jesus took the punishment for that strife. He took the, the punishment for that envy, for that being heartbroken, for being despised and rejected, being betrayed. He took it for us. He took the punishment for it. That means a whole lot. That means that God can heal your emotions. By those stripes, there's healing for damaged emotions. Well, Pastor, are you saying that God can even work with hormones? I say he can work with hormones. And I'm not picking on women. Men got them too. We don't want to admit it, but... <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on before I get stoned by the guys here. He took our strife, our mistreatment, our abuse, our rejection, our division, our separation, our hatred, unforgiveness, our guilt, or shame. It should have been our punishment, but he took it for us. What's that mean to me? It means I don't have a right to be in strife. I don't have a right to be offended because he took it for me. He took my rejection. He took my guilt and my shame. No wonder he deserves all honor and glory and all praise. So Luke 4, verse 18, we talked about this a little earlier in the series. The anointing that was on Jesus Christ the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus speaking, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Poor here means spiritually bankrupt. He's talking about salvation, the, to be born again, to be connected with God. Spiritually bankrupt. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Say oppressed. There are four healings mentioned here, and one of them is physical, three are emotional. God deals with the root cause of things. He deals with the root cause. Doctors are picking up on it that stress and strife, all these things affect you physically. See, you can be in strife with your wife. You say, well, I just need to cast it out. Well, you might be casting the, she might be casting the devil out of you. And you might be casting the devil out of her. And yet nothing's changing. Why? You need the stripes of Jesus applied to your life to heal you from strife. Because it is making you weak and sick and can cause premature death. What? Yes. Isaiah 35.5, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Jesus' stripes bring peace into our every day life. God wants us to walk in peace. 
No matter what circumstance, situation is, you can walk in peace. Why? Jesus paid the price for you to walk in peace. It's available for us. It's part of that grace. How do we get it? By faith. By faith. Communion, I, I take the, the bread which represents his body, those stripes, Lord, I apply those stripes to my emotions or to this area, I believe, for healing. And see, it goes beyond that. You've got to walk it out. Faith is an action word. A person in strife with, you've got to go say, we've got to lay this down. And it might be just you. The other person might not. See, there might be strife still in, in the office, but it doesn't have to be in you. It doesn't have to affect you. Strife, or let me say, stripes go into the heart, and they remove strife, and they produce peace. goes to that root cause. James 3.16, for where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. 1 Corinthians 11.29, where it talks about communion. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak, sick, and sick among you, and many sleep. The Corinthian church we saw was, we read they were full of strife, envy, jealousy. They were... Uh, they had unforgiveness, all these things. Division were working in their life and they weren't discerning the Lord's body that Jesus had paid the price for them to walk in peace with each other. He had paid the price for you to have peace resident on the inside. And he said because of that, many of you are not healed. Many of you are weak a weak Christian needs to make sure there's no strife in their life. Sick. And sickness can come from division and strife. It's a dangerous thing to have in your life, have in your home. It's a dangerous thing. As our substitute, Jesus took all the unforgiveness, strife, division, hatred, guilt, shame, and mistreatment. When he said, take eat, this is my body, Broken for you. He was broken where you could be made whole. He was broken where the body, the church, could be in unity and be in wholeness. When those whip, whip came across his back, it didn't just scratch him. It tore open his body. It, it tore open the, the muscles The Bible says that the torture was so severe, he did not even look like a man afterwards. That means the passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson then, is no comparison to actually what Jesus looked like. That's pretty difficult to see. He, the cause of his brokenness was our strife, our hatred, our unforgiveness, our envy. He took the punishment for that. So when I discern the Lord's body 
I understand there's healing for strife. There's healing for division. There's envy, uh, healing for envy and jealousy. Whatever area emotionally, there's healing for it. In Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 1, it says, If there's a controversy between men, they come into court, and the judges decide between them justifying the innocent and condemning the guilty. Therefore, if the guilty man deserves to be beaten, the judge shall cause him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with a certain number of stripes according to his offense. And I didn't put the scripture, you can read down, they talk about 40 stripes. And what they did, they would do 40 stripes minus one. How many stripes did Jesus take? 39. He took the controversy. He took the strife. He took it in our behalf. You know what the stripes, when you came before the judge and you were beaten because you were guilty, it ended the controversy. It ended the strife. There was no more strife. There was no more controversy. There was no more envy, no more jealousy, no more contention, no more hatred, no more. Because the payment had been paid. It's a picture of what Jesus did for us. He paid the price that we could walk in peace. He took the punishment for our disagreement, our strife. He took the punishment for the controversy. It ended strife. And it should end it for us. He dealt with the root, the punishment for our strife. Those stripes deal with the roots, those heart issues. Not just physical healing, but the emotional healing. Healing in the heart. Proverbs 20 verse 30 says, Blows that hurt cleanse away evil, and so do stripes the inner depths of the heart. It's talking about the emotions. In the King James, it talks about the um, inward parts uh, of the belly. And when you look that up, it was talking about emotions. There's healing for emotions. Thank God. <laughs> Have you ever tried to make a decision, but your emotions were over here and you were trying to be over here? Well, there's something you can do about those emotions. You can apply the stripes of Jesus. So I'm laying this down. It'll no longer be a part of my life. So you see in your notes that stripes can bring healing for damaged emotions. They say one of the hardest emotions that you can deal with is betrayal. And probably all, all of us have, been, have felt the, the sting of betrayal. It's painful. It's emotional hurt. But you know that Jesus took betrayal for you? He took it. He said, remember this, on the night he was betrayed, he said, take bread, eat, drink. It was done for us. That means we can't hold on to betrayal. We can't hold on to things. You don't have a right to. Jesus paid the price. Well, Pastor, it goes against my, I'm American. We're out for revenge. Christians, revenge is the Lord's. 
I don't like it, Pastor. I know. Your flesh doesn't. It's the truth. The stripes of Jesus provides healing from the hurts and wounds of betrayal. See, he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. 1 Peter 2.18 Servants, be submissive to your masters of all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. What? To the harsh. One translation says the unreasonable. You ever been around someone unreasonable? An unreasonable boss. <laughs> For this is commendable. The word commendable means grace. When you submit to it, you are finding grace. God's grace is available to you. God's favor comes to you. If because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongly, suffering unjustly, for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, you take it patiently, this is commendable. You find grace before God. For this, for, for to this, you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. We don't talk about this a whole lot. But you're called to suffer. Part of your calling is to suffer for righteousness sake. Aren't you excited? Why aren't you cheering and shouting and running around this place? Y'all just being nice. I'm not shouting. <laughs> but why does God want us to go through this? It's not so much He wants you to go through this and, and take this, He loves the other person. And see, if I come back at it and I give them a piece of my mind, I've lost ministry. But see, when I take it patiently and I walk in peace, I'm ministering grace. You know what happens? God starts speaking to them. Like when I was in youth ministry and kids, they'll tell you anything, everything, you know. I just want to go say, look, before you wreck your room and, you know, throw your stereo and all this stuff, pray. Just pray. Your parents aren't perfect, but they love you. They're not asking you to clean their, your room because they hate you. They love you. You need to clean it up. Oh, it's not that dirty. It's just, you know, some food hanging around and all this. Pray for them. Maybe they handled it the wrong way. Pray for them. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what the Word says. And you know what? God will come to them. <laughs> the pastor can't. I give them a piece of my mind, then pray and repent. And then... <laughs> for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor deceit 
was the seed found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges right righteously. See, when I don't threaten back, when I don't come back, I'm putting my trust in the hands of a righteous God. I'd rather have him judge me. Because his rulings are always just and good. And I happen to be the judge's son. And so are you, or daughter. And he will. You may not see your boss change, but you'll change. And you'll find yourself praying for the very person that was a pain, was a thorn in your side. You'll find yourself praying for them. I've experienced it, being attacked, and, and then said, Lord, I put this before you. That's what you do. You go before God. Let him judge. And you go to God. And you know what he does? He starts working on your heart. And the next thing you know, I knew enough, I need to pray for him, but it's the shortest prayer you ever heard. Lord, get him. I don't think that was what God had in mind. You know, or Lord, take care of him. And as I commune with the Lord and I've got those emotions, got the, those stripes and applied to my emotions, I started seeing them in a, a different way. And then I heard something and, and learned something that they didn't have a dad growing up. And one little bit of information renders your heart. But see, it shouldn't have took that little bit of information. It should be that I love them and I pray for them and intercede for them. So what happened to me, I started praying and started interceding for that person. And the boss I'm talking about is, was old school. I mean, from when I first started, this guy, I mean, just rough, just tough. First time I went to his office, he had his desk and his chair. I sat down. He said, sit down. I sat down. I was almost on the floor. I was like this, looking at his desk. He put his glasses down like this. And you will work and be here on time. And, and just go on. You will not use the phone for personal phone calls. There's a pole in the middle of the office. You may use it for five minutes only. And every person that went to that pole, you'd hear him. <clears throat> He'd be just like this. I had a little bit of issues with this guy. You know, It's rough when you go to work and everybody's shaking. <laughs> and when he's gone, there was a party. <sighs> Ding dong, the witch. No. I mean... <laughs> I mean, there was rejoicing over that place. It shouldn't have been that way. The Lord said, would you pray for him? And I got to minister to him. 
It took a long time. But I got to minister Jesus to him. He called me in before he retired. And he said, you know, I've worked all these years. All guys, uh, go watch. Say, there's more to life than that. Let me tell you about Jesus. He knew where I, I stood, but got to minister to him. Didn't get to pray with him or anything, but I knew it was a, you know when there's a moment. It was a moment. His heart was open. He got to minister. If I came against him, I'd gotten fired. I mean, he fired enough of people. I mean, I'm saying, we've got to lay down some things and apply the stripes. Okay, let me move quickly. Let me read that again. When he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile, offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance, but he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. And that's from the Amplified. So we submit on the job, even when it's harsh, even when it's wrong. By all means, look for another job. It's nothing but quietly look for another job. If it's immoral or illegal, you need to leave. You don't need to be a part of that. But if you start thinking, I don't deserve this. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. I don't, I don't deserve this. Remember the cross. He didn't deserve it. But he did it for us. And because he did, I follow his example. And I walk in peace and I walk in love. I'm not saying you can't go to a person and talk to them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those heart issues that start to become strife in your life and heartache and your heart's broken and you're carrying something on the inside that's hindering your walk with God. That's what the Bible says. We've got to deal with it. We've got to take care of it. We can't afford it. Yeah, I have a, a friend who I, I worked with for many years, and he, he got married, and um, him and his wife were doing great, and you know, no problems or anything. And this was, I think it was the fourth year or something, he, he came in, he, he said, um, said, Bob, I had an awful fight. I said, well, you know, it's not the end of the world. He's a strong Christian and everything. I said, you know, honeymoon period's over. You've got to process and work through some things. It's okay. You know? He said, let me tell you what happened. Said, okay. He said, we got in this big fight. And he said, I stormed down the house. And this guy was a very calm person. I can't imagine that. I stormed down the house, got in my car. I laid rubber all the way down the street. And I'm yelling at God, saying, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And God went, I was right, I was right. But I went to the cross. Will you love your wife enough to go to the cross? He said, he whipped that car back around, laid rubber back, pulled up in there, got on his knees and said, 
I refuse to let anything come between us. And I lay this down. And I won't tell you the rest of the story, but they had a great evening. <laughs> Making up is fun. Okay. Anyway. What did he do? He put the stripes to his heart. He put those stripes to his heart. There's some suffering from righteousness when you lay down your rights. So I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it Jesus' way. Okay, in your notes, I, get you, I know last time you didn't get to fill them in. So I discerned the Lord's body when I walked free from strife, envy, bitterness, unforgiveness, division, mistreatment, and betrayal. So you can't refuse. If you refuse it, judgment comes. What's a judgment? Chastening of the Lord. God will spank you. I've been spanked many times. What happens? You miss out on the benefits. The grace doesn't flow. You stop the grace from flowing in your life. 1 Peter 3, 1, 5. Wives, likewise, be submissive. Likewise. I'm just reading straight down Scripture. Likewise, just like Jesus. Be submissive to your own husbands, that even some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let be the hidden person of the heart with the corrupt, incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, this, this is talking about the heart. It doesn't mean that, uh, you, ladies, you can't, you know, be loud times. It's not talking about, it's talking about the heart. It's talking about the heart of submission. I mean, I'm married to Ellen. She's not always just quiet. That's not in, no. And I love that about her. She gets excited and she lets it show. I love it. But there's a quiet, there's a place in her heart that is so submissive to me. I wouldn't do anything to let her down. That's the way God made it. So, well, picking on wives here, so I went ahead and just, it's not in your notes. I said, I better put the husband verse in there. <laughs> First Peter 3, 7, and you're just reading down Scripture straight. Husbands likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to them as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together, the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered said, likewise, you lay down your rights, you lay down your strife, you lay down your envy, you lay down the disagreements, you say, I'm applying the stripes of Jesus to my life. It's more than just taking communion. After you get up from taking communion, you walk it out. That's putting faith to it. And you can read... I'll talk about it next week. You can read down the rest of the chapter. It talks about in the church body. Likewise. Don't carry any strife. No division. Likewise. And then it goes, 
Judgment must start in the house of the Lord. And I've heard people say, oh, judgment's coming to the house of the Lord. Like, man, they were ready for lightning boats and God's going to kill us all. Hallelujah. We're going to heaven. I don't know if you heard that kind of preacher. Judgment's coming to the house of the Lord. You better get your act together because lightning's coming and you're going to die. But we're going to heaven. Glory to God. Spitting and ooh. Get ready, get ready. It's coming. That's not a reflection on T.D. Jakes. I love him. I get ready, you snuck out. But, <laughs> but see, mm. I'm on What kind of judgment do you think it is that's coming to the house of the Lord? The chastening of God. It's the chastening. He's not going to knock us all out and kill us. He's going to come with his chastening to whip us into shape and train us and correct us and guide us like children. That's a judgment that's coming. But if you judge yourself, you'll not be judged. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And God, we do lay down our rights. We, we lay down strife and disagreement and division and disunity. We lay down mistreatment and abuse. We lay down being offended. And we take the chastisement of our peace that you were punished for. We walk in peace with you and peace with each and every person we come in contact with because of those stripes. Because of those stripes. So we want nothing to hinder the grace flow. We want your best in our lives. So we love you. If today you know there's been strife in your heart, in your life, and you want to get rid of it, you want to apply those stripes. I want you to lift your hand. We're going, yes. Yes, all over. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Maybe there's been strife about yourself. Maybe you need to let yourself off the hook. Forgive yourself. Maybe you've been divided on the inside. Let it go. Let it go. Forgive. See, when we look at the cross, He forgave all of us. How can I hold unforgiveness against anyone? We got to forgive. We got to release. We got to let it go. I'm not saying you have to hang around those people. Sometimes I suggest you don't. But from your heart, you forgive them. Father, for all of these that raised their hands, we thank you. We apply the stripes of Jesus to our lives, to our co-workers, to our, our marriage. So you need, a, uh, you need a verse for your marriage. By his stripes, my marriage is healed. Thank you, Lord.
And I command every spirit of division and envy and strife to leave. To leave us in Jesus' name. And I speak the unity of the Spirit and wholeness of God. We apply the blood to our lives and the body, the stripes. And we thank you for the cross and the price that was paid. If today you never accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life, you need Him in your life. It's the only way to the Father. It's the only way you're getting to heaven. There's one way. It's through Him. He paid for your sins. If you need Him today, we're going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come down right now. But we're going to pray. You mean it from your heart. You belong to Him. That's you. Just lift your hand. Maybe you prayed it before, but you know you have been unconnected. You haven't been connected with Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Say, dear God, I thank you for Jesus Christ who made a way, took my punishment, my sins, my emotional sins. He took it all where I could have peace with my Father where I could call God my Father. Thank you for the blood. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord thanks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.